Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Superman number 423 and Action Comics number 583, cover date September 1986, cover price 75 cents, cover artists Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson, edited by Julius Schwartz, featuring... Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, written by Alan Moore, art by Kurt Swan, George Perez, and Kurt Schaffenberger. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! It's our 200th episode, and Superman faces a murderous onslaught of his deadliest foes. Fun! Captain Jim, what's wrong with him? He used to be so strong, now he's dying. Indian scout, dance and jump about, he used to be so brave, now he's crying. Oh, oh, oh whatever happened to you, happy was he always made up. It's our 200th episode today. 200. That's a 200. What do you give someone for the 200th anniversary? What I gave you is the gift of a choice in what to read, unlike the previous 199 episodes. And I really appreciate it. You what? I'm sorry. Oh, appreciate it. appreciate is the way that Patty Lapone. Oh, Patty Lapone, yes. Um, so I gave listener Dr. Husband the option we could read a Marvel comic or Charlton or some other company from, from the, the same go check era, yes, and see what was happening across town. Or mm-hmm. we could read a modern-ish story from DC Comics right. that is influenced by the Silver Age. Yes. Where we which is our usual milieu. And I chose the second option. I wanted a modernish story that was influenced by the DC Silver Age. Because he hates Shakespearean dialogue. That's why he didn't take Marvel op- offer. I, I beg your pardon. I what? have read lots of Marvel comics since we've been together. From the 60s? Well, God, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so the story I chose based on a quick Twitter poll with some controversy, I must say. Controversy? Was the classic tale... Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow, as published in Superman Comics number 423 and Action Comics number 583, published in 1986, which I realize is 40 years ago, so not modern at all. But it does feel modern to me because I was in high school. 
And you're practically no older than that right now. For goodness sake. It feels very modern to me also because it was published immediately following the crisis on infinite earth, which was the end of all goodness in comics. Well, I mean, it was, it's not not really, but, and honestly, the reasons for the crisis on infinite earth, as I understand were that, you know, the, the, the comic books readers would have to, when they're picking up comics before that, they'd have to kind of have a deep understanding of all of the characters and the lore and all the different storylines and all the different, oh, this person's on this uh, earth this and earth that. And and it required people to really have an understanding. And the, the, the writing styles had changed in the 50 years since uh, comics first were published. 1936 was the first Superman Ooh, comic? Was the first Superman, 38. 38, yeah. So let's say the 50 years since they'd started, you know, the, the writing styles had changed yeah. and they, of course had, had sort of evolved. And so as I understand it, as the neophyte, um, that they that they would sort of agree that, okay, we're going to kind of reset things and, and make things, uh, if you will, a, a new age for comics. You read the introduction to this collected edition, didn't you? I can't believe You're you didn't. You're such a I, scamp. I thought that I'd get a, a harsh tongue, an harsh tongue scouting if I didn't. Oh, no. Yes. Well, I'm very proud of you. Well, I can't believe. Or, or, are we going to even talk about our week, or, 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 or oh, how sure. about the controversy? How about the controversy of? The- well, the controversy was number one that it's not a modern comic because it's forty years old. Controversy number two was, uh, people on Twitter thought that you should not read this story unless you had read the past 50 years of Superman comics. You'd have to be Mary Ingalls blind <laughs> in a fire, not to not be able to follow the story. Uh, it wasn't the following so much as the you wouldn't have the emotional resonance with the characters, but I dare say Superman is popular enough, and you did watch Super Friends and similar. To quote my dear friend Vera Charles of the theater, I am an actor. I can act. I don't understand everything about the story, but I am an actor after all. I can empathize. Yes. <laughs> it was a beautiful story. <gasps> I'm sorry I have I to tell you that. how much I truly, truly loved this this issue well maybe we should change the theme of the show and just read comics from the 80s oh no i i know my parole date when i get out of this comic podcast you can't change up the game on me i i not without a hearing get out of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh so before we go into this let's just quickly talk about our week how was your week well it was fine until yesterday when i completely sabotaged my life you sure did i took a nap yesterday yes which predictably means that i did not sleep one wink last night no, no, you did not. As a matter of fact, um, do you want to know how much we slept on Friday night? No, Friday, I don't care. It's Saturday I'm concerned with because today is Sunday. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I know how much I slept Saturday night, 0%. Well, okay, so this is what happened. Yeah. Friday night, uh, we... we I slept nine hours and 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. And I also took a nap yesterday afternoon. Yes. Yes. And you took a longer nap than I did. Yes. And so we we slept too much. So then last night. Wow. I just didn't sleep at all. No. And I had to get up and drive to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital this morning. Mm. Mm. Then I came home and took a nap. Yeah. Which means that I now I won't sleep tonight. You'll probably sleep And the whole work tonight. week ahead of me. Yes. 
Well, anyway, um, I had a I had a, a, a rough work week. I won't go into it, but it was no. it was a rough work week. I never do talk about work, no. you know, in detail. Um, but um, and and I was particularly exhausted when when Friday came. I wasn't feeling well, um, so I had to come home. I um, and and. Um, Decompress. And, well, yeah, and I just I was I was I, I'm still getting over this um this allergy thing where I lost my voice and everything and plus I got a shingle shot. Oh, for heaven! Which actually sakes. was I got that on Thursday and it um and it got more and more painful and I got really sleepy um well, like dra- you know sleepy from it so and it it's, thank God it's fine today I couldn't even touch it. Uh, yesterday where it was it was all red and inflamed that's what she said well anyway so so i'm feeling fantastic terrific and grateful and and really really great and this weather is extraordinarily very nice beautiful and all the animals are happy and i'm glad to see you and i am so excited about this 200th episode because of the we we just took a little break from the routine and went into this Really beautiful story. Also, mm-hmm. I chose this story because I don't know if you remember, but our very first episode was an issue of Superman. Okay. Which also contained an imaginary story as its second feature when uh, what would happen if Supergirl came to Earth before Superboy. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. That's when the whole orphanage situation yeah. propped up for the yeah. first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it is, is does oh, have oh. some resonance for our history. Yes. And I think our, our listeners will enjoy this. So, um, well, let's, let's see. In this historic last issue, Superman yes. number 423, a very special story by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. You'll remember him as the writer of Watchmen. Yes. Kurt Swan, a uh, longtime long penciler time. of Superman. Yes, we and love his artwork. George Perez. Who inked this story? Uh, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Recently passed. God rest all of their souls except yes. Alan Moore's. And honestly, Alan Moore probably wouldn't mind if I said God rest his soul. What? He's pretty esoteric. Oh, well. Anyway, George Perez, of course, um, he did the inking on yes. this. Yes. Yeah. See, the rampage of Bizarro. Experience the return of the fearsome funsters. That's Toy Man and Prankster. Mm-hmm. Witness the killing of Clark Kent. Mm. Meet the new Brainiac Luther team survive the Daily Planet's last stand and attend the Legion of Superheroes' last salute in whatever happened to To the the man man of tomorrow. tomorrow. This sounds like a blast so far, honestly. Lots of fun. It's got a lot of depth to it. This is an imaginary story, which may never happen, but then again may, about a perfect man who came from the sky and did only good. It tells of his twilight when the great battles were over and the great miracles long since performed, of how his enemies conspired against him, and of that final war in the snow-blind wastes beneath the northern lights, of the women he loved and of the choice he made between them, of how he broke his most sacred oath and how finally all the things he had were taken from him save for one. It ends with a wink. It begins in a quiet Midwestern town, one summer afternoon in the quiet Midwestern future. Away in the big city, people still sometimes glance up, hopefully from the sidewalks, glimpsing a distant speck in the sky. But no, it's only a bird, only a plane. Superman died ten years ago. This is an imaginary story, aren't Aren't they they all? So we see here uh, some... Citizens jogging in the park with an in memoriam statue of Superman mm-hmm. there in the park. 
We open with a doorbell on the home of the Elliot family. And who should open the door? But Ms. Lois, Lois Lane. Lane, who's no longer Miss Lois Lane. No, she's Mrs. Lois Elliot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that movie? Oh, Star is Born. Mrs. Norman Maine. Maine. Uh, it's the far future year of 1997. And I have... Uh, uh, this guy must be from the past or something. He's wearing uh, these strange... <laughs> A strange purple coat and an ascot. An ascot? No, this is futuristic fashion if I ever saw it. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, Lois has some kind of cooking bubble there in her living room. Yeah. Uh, there's obviously been a return to mid-century style uh-huh. in the furnishing. No problem with that. She's wearing some kind of frilly shoulder-padded number. So this is 1986. And 1986, it's When they drew, this, uh, they drew this in 1986, thinking that some of the puffiness, uh, the, the, the um, exaggerated profiles yes. that were happening in the 1980s, the ruffles of the women's things, and, and they, there was a little bit of Victorian-esque kind of um, uh, 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 styling happening in uh-huh. some of the professional wear of women, that, that they assumed that in the 90s that sort of silhouette would continue, which is why you've got like the shoulder pads and the guy and like little, oh, what are those called? Those little flared shoulders over that. Uh, um, almost like epaulettes. Almost like epaulettes. But they assume, of course, when you project forward, you assume that certain trends might continue, which of course they didn't in the 90s. I had a sport jacket that was just about that shade of purple. You did not. <laughs> With built-in shoulder pads. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, I had, I had built-in shoulder pads. In, um, I had like the whole Miami Vice thing. Oh, yes, you'd roll mm. the sleeves of your jacket up. Yep. Oh, oh hell yeah. I had one in purple and one in robin egg blue. <laughs> <laughs> what? In fact, they were whole suits. Oh. Jacket and pant combo. I was um, So I went to uh, the store today and got uh, 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 a brace for my, for my wrist. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and it was I was at Dick's Sporting Goods because I went to their their sporting se- section for for like athletic braces and stuff like that. And I, I'm still dealing with this um, this tennis elbow thing, right? So um, I'm in there and I bought myself this T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And and then I, I was thinking, I, I said to myself, my favorite color is blue. And I went, you know what? I don't remember. I don't remember my husband's favorite color because every color looks good on you. Every oh, color. Stop. No, really. You can wear bright colors. You can wear, and everything looks good. Me, I look like sometimes I look like I've been miscast by again. Mary Ingalls picked up my clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why she's on my mind today. Um, um, listener, if you don't know, Mary Ingalls goes blind in Little House on the Prairie. The series. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Hello. Well, come on. It happened thirty years ago, forty years ago, fifty, 50 years honestly. ago. Oh my God. <gasps> so anyway, I said I sent you a text. I said. What's your favorite color? I can't believe it. Because you have you wear colors so well. And I said blue because I couldn't think of anything. But now that I think about it, I'm going to go with Habsburg yellow. No, you don't wear anything in Habsburg yellow. I could get away with it. Just uh, because I don't have anything that color doesn't mean it's not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I have no response to that. So Tim Crane is a hard-boiled reporter for the Daily Planet. He's come to interview... Previous, no previous, former hard-boiled reporter Lois Lane, now Elliot, mm-hmm. about the last days of Superman, because you see, she was there. And, and this is the 10th anniversary of 10th his, anniversary dis- of his sh- death. She was widely known as Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Right. Uh, he's very nervous to be interviewing her because she's a legend around mm-hmm. the Daily Planet. 
Mm-hmm. And she sets his mind at ease and tells him he's doing fine. Yeah. I have to say, Kurt Swan and George Perez have done an excellent job. It's a very good team. And I don't know that they teamed up many times, if any other than this. Mm. Um, we see that there is a baby sleeping in another room. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the future. So the baby's inside a plexiglass box with air holes. I wish your parents had done that for you instead of tying a board over your crib and roping it off. It was not a board. It was slats. Slats. A lid of slats. I just assumed it was a piece of plywood. Listener, when I was a tot, I would climb out of the crib with some frequency and go downstairs and turn the television on. And of course, in those days, it was just poltergeists on at night. Right. Snowy screen. Snowy screen. So I guess my parents were afraid that I would sneak out of the house somehow. So the pediatrician, Dr. Banks... Told my parents to construct a lid out of two by fours Mm -hmm. to place on top of the crib. Yes. And then when I figured out how to lift that off with my Herculean strength, (laughs) they lashed ropes around the crib. True. Tying the lid down. Mm -hmm. And that's why I am the way I am today. (laughs) By the way, I didn't tell you my dream that I had during my nap. No, um, I will allow you for the, this uh, segue, if I may, to share with you my recurring dream, too. Okay, well, this isn't recurring yet, okay. but okay, uh, all right, all right. my parents, mm-hmm. who are dead, mm-hmm. were alive mm-hmm. and old mm-hmm. and getting divorced. Mm. And it was my mother who had initiated the divorce. And every one of us were there on my father's side. <gasps> on your father's right? side? No way. I know. And you and I were at my, wherever my father was staying, some elder hostel someplace <laughs> trying to decide what was going to happen like who's he going to live with he can't live with us he can't live with their sisters nobody's going to want to take him in but we have to because it's all my mother's fault that they're getting divorced oh my god right wow it was traumatic well i just had that recurring dream that i have all the time where i've, I've got one or more classes that i haven't finished to graduate from community college right and mine was a biology class and i had to do in addition to prepare for the final exam i had to hand in two interviews with people that I had, I don't know why, but I had to do two interviews with people and I hadn't done the interviews. And I got up and just walked out of the final exam. I was so upset. And the other thing is that I always have a dream that I have an English class that I have to retake. And if I don't do it, I'm not gonna finish community college. Which is crazy. I have three degrees. We should mention that you are in a position where you would be running the community college. So I don't yes. think you need to worry about your English class or whatever. Obviously. So flashback 10 years. Uh, a Superman was returning from a mission in space when Lois and the other people mm-hmm. uh, got the first taste of what was about to happen. She does give some background that uh, Luther has seemed to be lying low. Brainiac's last organic metal body had been pounded into a state beyond repair. Mm-hmm. The Parasite and Terra Man, these are all enemies of Superman, had destroyed each other in a lethal clash of egos, and it seemed like there was nobody left to fight. Mostly Superman was working in space doing research for the government. Yeah. However, Superman returns from space to find Lois and Jimmy out in the street, and Metropolis is a On fire. war zone. It is unbelievable. Uh, thank heavens you're back, Superman. Jimmy had tried using his signal watch, but Superman had been out of range. 
And Superman says, what caused this destruction? Was it a bomb? And Lois says it was worse than a bomb. It was Bizarro. Bizarro did this. Bizarro? Yeah, she said he, he was completely berserk, smashing things, hurting people, pushing over buildings. It was horrible, and he kept laughing. Uh, he retreated into the nearby department store and has not come out since, and Superman strides off confidently, saying, I'm here now. I'll handle it. <laughs> he finds Bizarro in the department store. Trashing it. Trashing it. Bizarro says, I am part of Genius Bizarro self-improvement plan. As you may know, Bizarro is an imperfect duplicate of Superman and does everything opposite. In fact, that's the Bizarro code. Us do opposite, opposite of all, of all earthly, earthly things. things. Usually that doesn't cause much trouble. No, it's but, usually bizarre and funny and yeah. silly. I didn't mean to use the word bizarre. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, so Bizarro says, me suddenly realized that me, I'm not perfect, imperfect duplicate. Maybe me not trying hard enough. For example, when your planet Krypton blow up by accident, you am coming to Earth as baby. So me decide to blow up whole Bizarro world on purpose and come to Earth as adult. <laughs> Superman says, the Bizarro world blown up? That right. Haha, ha, pretty imperfect, huh? Uh... Superman can't believe that he's destroyed his homeworld. Next, Bizarro realized that Superman never kills, so me kill lots of people. Them very grateful scream with happiness. Mm. But then me finally understand what me need to be perfect and perfect duplicate. It am little blue kryptonite meteor that me carry in lead case for good luck. See, you am alive, Superman, and if me am perfect and perfect duplicate, then me have to be... And then he falls dead. Falls dead. He's and he says himself. his last words are, hello, Superman. Hello. Uh, blue kryptonite, of course, is the only shade of kryptonite that can affect Bizarro, but does not affect anything else. He falls dead. It didn't make any sense even by Bizarro standards, Lois says. After years of harmless stupidity, that strange backwards creature had suddenly launched himself on a rampage of genocide, homicide, and finally suicide. He said, but what if what came after that seemed trivial? Yes. And he's, he's, you're talking about the unmasking, huh? Yes, I'm yeah. talking about the unmasking. Wow. Next day, Superman, or sorry, Clark Kent, mm -hmm. and Lana Lang are preparing to anchor the 6 o'clock news in Metropolis. And two packages arrive for Clark Kent, one tiny and one big. The tiny one, Clark takes the time to open before airtime. And it's full of little Superman action figures. Right. This would have been also about the time that the Superpowers action figure line started, which were... I have a few examples up here on the shelf behind me. Where you squeeze their legs and they do something. Right. Like the Superman punched, I think. Yeah. Uh, Lana grabs one and squeezes its legs together and out comes a beam of destructive heat vision. It sets things on fire. And then all of the little action figures start flying out of the box and shooting heat beams. And uh, Clark is caught in the crossfire. His super clothes are burned off. Which that shouldn't happen because I believe his Clark Kent suit is treated with special chemicals to make them invulnerable. Well, maybe but, that was at the cleaners. Uh, and once the smoke clears, they see that Clark Kent's Clothes are ripped to tatters, and Superman's uniform appears underneath. Yes, Metropolis. Clark Kent is Superman. And 
Who is that? Is that Lana? Lana. Lana says, Clark, oh. it was you all these years? It was you all the time? Yeah, but first, I like her first reaction. Oh. <laughs> like she immediately realizes. Yeah, and then the, the, the years and years of deception. Right? The, 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 the toy supermen say, it was him all the time. He just combed his hair and stuck on a pair of glasses. <laughs> what a great gag. Um, we've toyed with him enough. Clark, Superman, those voices. Yes, he recognized the voices as his old enemies, the prankster and the toy man. Um, and Superman demands to know, how did you know that I was Clark Kent? And they tell him to look in the big box that was just delivered. This is getting dark. Uh, he opens the box and inside is the body of his childhood friend, Pete Ross. Mm. Uh, did you remember who Pete Ross yes. was? Yes. Oh, good for you. Mm -hmm. So proud. Pete Ross, and he's dead, and Toy Man and Prankster had planned to work through... Didn't Pete Ross get uh, superpowers temporarily, and he knew Superman's identity? No, it was Superboy. On, they were on a camping trip together. Camping trip, yes. And lightning flashed just as Superboy was changing. Okay. And All he right. saw it, but he vowed to keep the secret. Thank you. I knew camping was somehow involved, but I was, wasn't sure about the um, the... There's a story about um, a friend of Superman's who gets uh, temporary superpowers as he's dying. Oh, yeah. I know who you're thinking about. I can't remember his name, but okay. that was not Pete Ross. All right, yeah. Obviously, because he didn't, because Pete Ross is still alive. Yeah. Well, uh, well I mean, no, not, not now, anymore. but yes. He, yeah. uh, so they had planned to work through Superman's friends, starting with the furthest away, but they just happened to hit pay dirt the first time. Mm. And Superman calmly asks them, do you know what radio waves look like? Because, because I, I do. do, and he bursts right into where they are. Tracks them down, and in he bursts. Mm. Uh, they gave in almost immediately. They couldn't tell him why. They'd suddenly decided to start murdering people. They just looked dazed and confused. So, of course, he takes them off to jail. But now, he's been exposed. Yeah, he can't be Clark Kent anymore. It's in the paper. <laughs> they could have <laughs> confined it to that room, but I guess it was too late, huh? Well, yeah, because they probably, the cameras were rolling. Somebody's going to sell that footage. Sure. Um, I mean, honestly, Lana Lang, she's, she's probably the one that wrote the story. Um, she was a kind of a climber. <laughs> <laughs> so they're at Pete's funeral. They, no one can figure out what's happened. Bizarro is dead. The others are behind bars. What do we have to worry about now? And what turned them into killers? Yes. And Superman says, if the nuisances... From the past are coming back as killers what happens when the killers come back yeah so it says he didn't have to mention any names we all knew he was talking about the big guns luther brainiac what if they came back more vicious than ever well we mentioned earlier that brainiac had been destroyed but what if what if so, so we, we go now to the uh white tundra of the north yes uh, where Luther has some kind of device in his hand where he is tracking down pieces of Brainiac, specifically Brainiac's head. Mm. Uh, you probably don't recognize this. Oh, you might recognize this Brainiac because this was the toy version. But previously Brainiac had been a green-skinned, bald gentleman android. Mm -hmm. uh, but a couple of years before this story, Brainiac and Luther were revamped. So Luther got a big green and purple suit of armor. Okay. And Brainiac turned into a purely robotic form, okay. which this is his head that you see here. Right. 
Uh, Brainiac picks up the severed head, or sorry, Luther picks up the severed head of Brainiac, mm -hmm. and it suddenly pops to life, and little pieces of it start crawling up Luther's arm. Yes. Onto his bald head, and implant themselves into his head. Mm. And take over all motor function of I his have to body. say, Luther's getting exactly what he deserves. Yes, true. You go looking for some trouble, you're going to get it. Especially when you're messing around with people like this or things like this. Right? Yes. Yeah. So now Luther is completely controlled by Brainiac, who welcomes him to the new Brainiac Luther team. Uh, and he forces Luther to start walking because the sh his ship was destroyed by Superman. So the first priority is to construct a replacement and the materials will only be found in populated areas. So start walking. And he takes over Luther's body. Yep. And they go Off on together. Off they go. Uh, naturally, Lois says we weren't aware of this until later, but we still had problems in Metropolis. Just a couple of days after Pete's funeral, everyone is calmly working in the Daily Planet mm -hmm. offices, which are also the offices of WGBS-TV. And certain members of the crowd suddenly stop dead and look upwards toward the, green, the, the Daily Planet. They bare their chests. Bare their chests. They all appear to be Metallo robots. I don't know that you've seen Metallo before, but Metallo was a android character that had a kryptonite heart wow oh. which of course made him dangerous to superman right sorry the dog's barking in the background but what would this be without a dog barking in the background the metallo army launches ropes up to the top floors of the daily planet and start climbing and they are attacking the offices of the daily planet uh and jimmy uses his signal watch to summon they're, yeah, Superman. Yeah, they're looking for Superman. And they are tearing that building apart. Yes, and look at him smack Jimmy across the room. Mm. And then they smack Lois right out the window. Right out the window. But she's not worried because here comes Superman to the rescue. Like a violet comet. Because the reds and blues ran together, you mm -hmm. see. That's how he looks when he flies. Mm -hmm. um, Superman doesn't know how Metallo converted so many humans into creatures like himself, but there's a fast way of containing them. I'm going to magnetize the giant globe on top of the Daily Planet building. Lois is worried that he's going to make the magnet too powerful and suck up cars off the street. <laughs> but, but he's smarter than that. He sure is. He got everything just right as per usual. Mm. He contains the metallos and carts them off to... St. Teresa Prison Complex. Where they are mostly... Uh, I gather most of them were later successfully rehumanized. So Superman returns to the Daily Planet. He decides that he's got to take all of his close associates to the Fortress of Solitude where he can defend them if the situation continues to worsen. So he gathers Lois, Jimmy, Lana, Perry White, and Perry White's now apparently estranged wife, Alice. They were not getting along. No. Yeah, they aren't divorced, but... Um, I have to wonder about uh, Lana's father, Professor Lang. Mm -hmm. He wasn't invited, I guess. Mm. Uh, Lois's sister, Lucy, who often dated Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Where is she? Mm -hmm. Anyway, eventually they're all at the fortress. Well, he only has so many guest rooms. I guess. <laughs> 
Eventually, and they're all at the fortress. Shortly, another old friend joined us. It's Crypto. Crypto, the super, the super dog. dog. Oh. He'd been roaming the stars for years, but now he'd returned. Oh. Why? Unless he'd sensed what the rest of us had. Despite our welcoming hugs, his arrival struck an ominous note. Uh, we all felt like we had gotten out of the city just in time because here comes Kryptonite Man uh, rampaging through the city. Followed closely by the new Brainiac Luther team. So uh, Brainiac Luther decides to scoop up Kryptonite Man mm -hmm. in his brain ship. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, Perry and Alice take separate rooms in the fortress. Mm. Lois can't sleep, so she knocks on Lana's door. They've, she says to the reporter, we both loved him. We were both scared that he was going to die. And after we put into the, that into words, we both cried and held each other till we fell asleep. Hot. Not hot, but, but it's sad. As for Superman, he must have felt restless too, but in a different way. He's uh, talking to his dog. He's talking to his dog. I'm mm. glad you came back, Crypto. You're a piece of my life. They are sitting down in front of a statue of Supergirl, Supergirl. in her 70s hot pants outfit. We'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crypto starts growling ruff, ruff. <laughs> because just there in the middle of the fortress is a Legion of Superheroes time bubble. Yeah. We see based on the costumes that this is the Legion of Superheroes circa 2066. Mm -hmm. Circa the time that we would have normally been reading about the Legion in our Gogo Chuck comics. Okay. I spy with my little eye Cosmic Boy. Lightning Lad, Brainiac 5, Supergirl, Young Supergirl, mm -hmm. Legion member, uh, Saturn Girl, and Invisible Kid. And they say, hope you don't mind us dropping in unexpected like this, Superman. <laughs> They're teens, remember? Yes. Superman is astonished to see Supergirl among the group. Number one, because... She's younger than she would be in this time. Right. Number two, because also in this time she's dead. She has recently perished in the Crisis on, on Infinite, Infinite Earths. Earths. You're aware of the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Rob? Uh, yes, indeed I am. Okay. Yes. Also very proud. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when they said everything right. Uh, well, well, agree we to said. disagree. I mean, yes, uh, that's a huge controversy, but I understand about the crisis. Sweet sense. little Supergirl. So naive. I bet I'm a grown-up Superwoman in this time zone. Is it cheating if you tell me whether I grew up to be pretty? Oh, my God. <laughs> this broke me. You grew up beautiful, Kara. Oh. I mean, this was maybe four months after, after the she issue she had died. Had died, Which yeah. was... Like, who would have thought they ever would have killed her? Oh, and he says, come on, let's go over here where the light's better. He doesn't want her to see the statue no. of her. Uh, she greets Crypto and says, I hope you and Streaky aren't still scrapping all the time. <laughs> Streaky, the super cat, of course. Is Streaky still alive? Uh, currently? No, I mean, in this in this issue, would, would Streaky um, be alive? Well... You know what? I don't know. Yeah. Because Streaky was not a Kryptonian. Streaky got his powers. Her powers? Is Streaky a boy or a girl? I don't know. Uh, Streaky got powers from uh, a substance called X-Kryptonite, which Supergirl invented. So, Oh, okay. He, you know, Crypto presumably is longer lived because he's Kryptonian. But okay. Streaky's uh, probably gone to the 
litter box in the sky. <laughs> Brainiac pulls Superman off to the side for a word, and Superman says, what is the meaning of this? You know Supergirl is dead in this era. You're from the future. It's history to you. More poignant because Brainiac was sweet on Supergirl. Oh, so yeah. he's brought her here knowing that she died yeah. already. He goes, I'm sorry she insisted on coming. I realize how distressing this must be. And Brainiac says, you're being unfair, Superman. In your past, as Superboy, you have seen some of our future. Would you tell us if you knew of some unavoidable doom awaiting us? Then we flash to a panel where Invisible Kid is talking to Saturn Girl and... As you may not know, Invisible Kid does die. I remember that Invisible Kid does die. He will die later on. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, Brainiac reveals the reason for their visit. He's giving Superman a statue, which mm -hmm. is the reason we came to this period. And Superman says, why did you choose this particular date to present it to me? He says, well, because our histories mark this date as a special time in your life. Therefore, we came here to meet with you again and salute you and pay you and pay your last respects. Is that That's it? what Superman mm -hmm. says. Pay your last respects. Now, Supergirl's uh, just had an idea. As the Supergirl of this era, am I away visiting another time period or something? Because I thought you couldn't materialize in an era where you already existed. Oh. Yes, you are correct. Right now, Supergirl is in the past. Sniff. Mm. Uh, Brainiac suggests they return lest the Supergirl of this era returns unexpectedly. Well, that's not going to happen. Mm -mm. Uh, Supergirl says, okay, give me my regards when I return from the past. <laughs> She's adorable. She is adorable. Cosmic Boy says, we always miss you. Mm. And Saturn Girl is starting to cry. So they need to get out of their post. Before they break down and somebody starts to say, wait, wait, what's going on here? Right. Yeah. Uh, Lois now is relating the story. He says, he never told me what happened that night before the siege began. But as soon as I saw him the next morning, I knew something had upset him. And the next page, we get a full page panel of him with oh, crypto at his feet. Uh-huh. And he's crying. Uh-huh. Devastating. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to Action Comics, number 583, for part two of the story, mm -hmm. Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Also written by Alan Moore, art by Kurt Swan, and now Kurt Schaffenberger, longtime artist associated especially with Lois Lane, but also Jimmy Olsen stories and some Superboy stories. They are the artists. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Husband bless his heart, read the introduction to this collected edition. And so he knows that on the front cover, among many superheroes, are also, uh, who did you say? Jeanette Klein. Yeah. Oh, I have to go way back in the front to say to find that. I'm okay. sorry. No, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Kurt Swan, the artist. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the this. three people this standing. Like... The three people standing in the front, yeah. in the middle, are Jeanette Kahn. Kahn, sorry. Uh, flanked on the left by Kurt Swan and by. Um... That looks like Julia Schwartz to me. I didn't read the intro. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. It is. Um, Julia Schwartz, longtime editor of Superman during the Silver Age, from which this story derives much, if not all, of its inspiration. Mm -hmm. Oh no! What? I just lost my page. We're on hang the cover. On, hang on, hang okay. on.
On the cover, Superman is flying up and away from the Daily Planet building with tears in his eyes, while the assembled crowd below says in unison, Goodbye, Superman. We'll miss you. Interesting that The Flash appears on the cover because he also was dead also. He also was dead also. Uh, He died in just one issue after Supergirl in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Tim Crane is continuing his interview with Lois Elliott, and here comes her husband, Jordan, and is he a tall drink of water? I'll say. He looks like a truck driver. Gray temples, porn Mm -hmm. star mustache. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, hi, Junebug. Junebug is a beagle, and she's managed to find a way to squeeze her fat ass through the little (laughs) cat door that we have here in this room. She sure has. Um... So, Jordan has returned home for some coffee, because Lois is famous for her coffee. Yes. And she introduces her husband, Jordan, to Tim, and he says, I hope you don't mind me interviewing your wife about, well... Her ex? (laughs) Now I can live with it. He weren't nothing special. Us ordinary working slobs, son, we're the real heroes. Now, Jordy, don't you get started in on that. You just fix your coffee and go and check that Jonathan's still asleep. Jonathan, the baby in the plexiglass cradle right um so they continue with the story you're all up in the arctic with superman right that's right we stood on the balcony and watched as he destroyed the golden key i think that's when we first realized that he was preparing for a siege the siege of the fortress of solitude superman's last stand as you remember superman's fortress has a giant key which is disguised as an airplane marker mm-hmm. uh it's too heavy for anyone but superman and supergirl to lift mm-hmm uh, but he's melting it. So there you have it. It's mm-hmm. melted. Perry and Alice continue to bicker all day in the fortress. Everybody's very tense, very scared. We knew something was coming, but we didn't know what. And even if we had known, we wouldn't have felt any better. Mm-hmm. So outside, the Brainiac Luther team and Kryptonite Man have landed on the outskirts of the Fortress of Solitude. Uh... Just then, another time bubble appears. Right. Is it the Legion of Superheroes? Nope. It's the Legion of Supervillains. Although, you know, it would have been nice if the Legion of Superheroes had stuck around to help out with all this mess that's about to happen. The Legion of Supervillains, they are also from the future. They are counterparts to the Legion of Superheroes. Among them are Lightning Lord, who is Lightning Lad's brother. Mm -hmm. Saturn Queen... Who's Saturn Girl's aunt? Uh, No relation, but she has the same powers. And Cosmic King, who, unlike Cosmic Boy, who has magnetic powers, Cosmic Boy, or Cosmic King, can transmute elements. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The Legion of Superheroes remind Luther that they have all met before. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've come to join the fun because it's predestined that Superman will be defeated. And what's the harm in joining in if we know we can't lose? Right. Saturn Queen scans Luther's mind and realizes that he is being dominated by the mind of Brainiac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brainiac confirms mm-hmm. that that is the truth. Uh, and according to legend, during these days, Superman met his greatest foe in battle and was no more. Mm-hmm. So that's why we've come to participate, because we're certain of victory. Brainiac assumes that he is the aforementioned greatest foe. Mm-hmm. And 
Thus, why should I permit you to share my victory? Because we're from the future. We know things. <laughs> For example, it's said that during Superman's last days, all of Earth's champions flocked to help him. Poor Lex Luthor. He's walking around. I love how he's drawn and is walking with his arms sort of like queerly stuck out to the sides mm-hmm. like he's trying to balance. Um, it must be hard walking with Brainiac on your head. <laughs> Controlling your emotions. And also, I like he's just got a stupid face. Uh. So, Brainiac erupts, erupts, erupts an impenetrable force screen around his ship and the fortress. And that's how we know that the battle has begun. Uh, they use various futuristic devices to attack the fortress. Superman defeats them all with his heat vision. Superman mm-hmm. and Crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman attempts a frontal assault with Crypto, but of course they're driven back by the Kryptonite Man. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even get near him. His power seemed to have increased tenfold. With Twilight, other heroes began arriving outside the barrier. So Captain Marvel and I don't know who that tornado-handed man is. Well, that's Vartox. He's from a distant galaxy, but he's in love with Lana. Okay. Um, he is costumed to resemble... Sean Connery from the movie Zardoz. Uh, thus his open buttocks. Uh, yes, thigh-high boots and bikini shorts and an open vest. Uh, he was a favorite of teenage Dr. Bob. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Uh, we have Superwoman, who was Kristen Wells from the future. She's a historian from the future who came to the past to investigate the identity of Superwoman and discovered that it was actually her using futuristic technology. Oh my God. Then there's Wonder Woman Wonder down Woman, there. Obviously. And Batman and Robin attacking with sticks. <laughs> that was <laughs> because, my favorite. Because point. as you've instructed me several times, Batman does not have superpowers Batman or superpowers. Batman does super not strength. have superpowers, except uh, Robin might have some imperviousness to cold because he's just got his little bikini shorts and short sleeves on. I guess so. But they're, they're attacking this impenetrable force shield with, yep. with wood, with sticks. With sticks, yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman. Of all the things they could have drawn for them to be trying to cut through this impenetrable shield, the artist yeah, chose sticks. Yeah, it could sticks. have had like a little bat laser gun. Or a bat anything. A bat-shaped knife. Anything. A batarang. Yeah. Sticks. Sticks. Clearly wood sticks, which they brought with them because they're in the great Arctic circle. So the trees don't grow up there, right? Right. They brought Correct. these sticks with them. What do we use? I know. Let's use some sticks. Let's one by one. sticks, chum. <laughs> Uh, so it seems as night falls, a standoff is declared and there's a lull in the battle. We all decide to get some sleep and Superman heads into Perry White's room. Oh, Superman and Perry White have the most touching exchange. Uh, so Superman says that, you know, this, I'm sorry, this must be a strain for you and Alice. And Perry says, yeah, I don't know. We both got good reason to be at loggerheads, but sitting here with death waiting outside makes me see things from a different perspective somehow. He says, me too. Same, says, girl, says, same. Superman says, Perry, I'm scared. I think I'm going to die. And there's so much in my life I have to get straight. Like me and Lois, like me and Lana. You see, I, I've messed up both of their lives, haven't I? They wasted their love on me while I couldn't let myself love either of them the way they deserved. I wish I'd explained. I wish I hadn't been such a coward. Meanwhile, Lana is digging around in Superman's trophy room. Mm. And Jimmy finds her there. 
Jimmy has come to get his elastic lad serum, which mm-hmm. he knows Superman has a sample of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not know this, Rob, but Jimmy Olsen often assumed the guise of elastic lad using the same uh, formula that elongated man uses. But it's only temporary for him? Only temporary. Well, it's only temporary for elongated man. He just drinks it all the time. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. We haven't encountered that in our The stories. more you learn. Okay. Uh, so... As Elastic Lad, Jimmy was an honorary member of the Legion of Superheroes, as was Lana in her Insect Queen guys. Yes. Uh, But she apparently doesn't have her insect ring, so she has got the idea. She remembered that years ago there were times when several people gained superpowers temporarily. She remembers that there was a lake that she and Lois bathed in. Mm-hmm. Look, there's a little uh, a little sign on this this little pool, this jacuzzi, yes. magic water like magic like magic water. lake water, probable unidentified radiation source. Uh, so and it just so happens there's a case of souvenir costumes. So we are in luck. Lana's gonna take a quick dip, get into her costume. Jimmy's gonna get into his elastic lad costume. She says that her senses are expanding. She can feel her skin tingling. Um, and um, she's getting x-ray vision, microscopic vision, and super hearing. And then she overhears. Right, like Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Summers. Summers. She overhears oh, what Superman is confessing to Perry White. Yes. Oh, my God. You see, back when I was Superboy, Lana was the only girl I loved. She still represents Smallville to me, that part of my life. And because of that, I could never cast her aside. But since I've grown and become a man, there's only ever been one woman for me. Lois. Beautiful Beautiful Lois. Lois. I love her, Perry. Dear God, I love her so much. But I can't tell her without hurting Lana. And I'd never hurt Lana. So I just walk around with this secret, this weight in my heart, and I'll carry it with me to my grave. And And neither neither of them will ever know. Of course, Lana knows because she's got super hearing. Yes. Uh, Jimmy says, is anything wrong, Lana? She says, wrong? No. Why should anything be wrong? I'm ready now. Let's get out there, wreck that force screen, and get him out of this mess. We're only second stringers, Jimmy, but we'll show him. Nobody, Nobody. loved him better than us. Nobody. Nobody loved him better. Do, 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 do. So they assumed that Kryptonite Man would keep Superman at bay, but of course now Lana has all Superman's powers with no weakness to Kryptonite. Right. So she comes in smacking. She is kicking some ass. And what does she do? She beats the crap out of Kryptonite Man. Doesn't she kill him? No, she doesn't kill him. No. He, she should have. That would have been a yeah, good that'd move. Be she, but she does smack him. She smacks she him hard. smacks him hard. Jimmy's going after the generator to try to disable that. Uh, Brainiac says, my victory is predetermined. You serve only to hasten your own doom. Uh, Lana assumes she's talking to Luther. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand what's on his head. And suddenly Luther's actual mind bursts through. He says, kill me, please, Lana, kill me, kill me. He says, Lana, do it now. Please do it now. Mm, Okay. Crack kills him she breaks his she neck kills with him. a karate chop yes she kills him well he told her to i know but th- you know death is not very common in comic books i know right um now she has killed the human host of brainiac oh nice nice justification there she has killed the human host of brainiac well because it's lex luther i know 
Well, Lex Luthor has killed a lot of people in his life. All right. Fair enough. Look, I just want to pause for a second and yes. say this is a this is a lot. It's a really this, serious. These trouble. two issues, uh, the story is is really intense. Yes. Because th- these aren't the only deaths that are that are, no, that are no. going to happen, right? Um. So Saturn Queen has scanned Lana's mind and understands that she received her power from bathing in some kind of radioactive pool. Then the answer is simple. Cosmic King is going to use his transmutation abilities to turn the radioactive traces in her tissue to he normal does. body salts. She falls down out of the sky. And then this bastard, Lightning Bland. Lightning Lord. Lightning Lord, this yep. bastard, kills her. Electrifies her. She is dead and sizzling on the ground. Jimmy sees what has happened. Uh, he has wrecked the force shield mechanism. Thank so God. he takes off down to see if there's anything to be done for Lana. And he is attacked from the rear by Brainiac. He is dead also. Brainiac's not dead. Luther's dead, but Brainiac... No, I'm sorry. Elongated man. Uh, Elastic Olsen. Lad. Elastic Lad. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Ah, Elastic Lad. He is dead confusing. also. So it's... Now, the death count is Luther... Lana and Jimmy. Yes. Uh, Bizarro. And Pete Ross. Oh, yeah. Five people dead so far. So Brainiac is still able to control the corpse of Luther. That's so weird. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, he can mani- manipulate them long enough to ensure Superman's destruction. Mm-hmm. Now, Kryptonite Man notices that although the generator... Has been destroyed by Jimmy. The force Jimmy. screen has not collapsed. The force screen has not collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, now Hawkman and Green Arrow and John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, have joined the assembled heroes outside. I'd argue that maybe John Jones is a wise choice, but I don't know what Hawkman and Green Arrow are going to do. I don't know. I don't know why they couldn't just you know tunnel down on the Earth, but I guess the force shield extends through the Earth. That's a safe assumption. Mm-hmm. Although you'd think someone like Captain Marvel would have thought of that. I mean, John Jones could just, you know, go, whoop, so I'm just going to go down on the earth and yep. go through and see. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brainiac warns everyone to prepare for a nuclear strike, which happens, but the fortress still stands. Mm-hmm. It is breached, it did punch a hole in the side, but it did not collapse. Uh, there is a little rock slide here where Alice White is about to be buried and Perry rescues her and they head off for some sexy time. They the do fortress. head off for some sexy time. They, they, they literally say, perhaps we'll have time. Let's, I'll take you to my room. Perhaps perhaps we'll have time to make up for being so stupid. So the whole world's coming to an end and they decide to step and you know, make up for some lost time. All right. I mean, all that's right. fine. Good oh, for sure. them. Good for them. So there's a hole in the fortress. Here comes Kryptonite. Man, I lost it when I read uh, this. Same, same. Oh my god! Kryptonite Man is uh, walking into the fortress in an attempt to kill Superman, and he hears some thudding thrump, footsteps. Thrump, 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 thrump. And here comes Crypto busting through the wall. Oh, Crypto kills Crypto. Kryptonite kills Man. Kryptonite Man. But... In the, because of it, he is poisoned with kryptonite, and Crypto cries out and dies. Oh, yeah. Awful. And, of course, Superman hears the death howl of Crypto. 
but couldn't do anything because he's trying to protect Lois, who is the only one left. Now they discover that Lana and Jimmy have died. The Legion of Supervillains are there to taunt Superman, and he starts attacking them with his heat vision, and they decide to make a hasty retreat because Saturn Queen reads his mind and realizes that he is prepared to kill them. Yeah, he's absolutely ready to kill. Uh, they know that Brainiac's going to win, so there's no sense in us getting hurt. Let's just beat it back to the future. So they go back to their little bubble and bloop, out to the 30th century. And now there's only one foe left to face, or maybe two. It's the Brainiac Luther team. Do Luther's dead. Luther is dead, and rigor mortis is starting to set in. Mm -hmm. So Brainiac's having some trouble controlling the body. He is confronted by Superman and Lois. The body collapses to the ground. The little Brainiac skull cap starts crawling off of Luther's head toward Superman, and it also is dead also. Why doesn't Superman... I don't understand why they didn't have him um, melt down the Brainiac uh, thing. Because, I mean, I mean, Lex Luthor found it and it came back to life. Right. Or, or you know... It, so, I mean, what's to say that can't happen again? Uh, I don't know. Okay. So, it was all over except that it couldn't be. There's too many loose ends, Superman says. Mm -hmm. Why should all my enemies attack at once? Why is Brainiac's force screen still keeping the other heroes out? And then there's this statue that the Legion gave me. Mm -hmm. Almost as if they were giving me my own headstone as a gift. The whole 30th century assumes that I'm finished. Mm -hmm. uh, Superman lapses into silence to think about this. Lois studies the statue, which is a statue of Superman holding some kind of device which seems familiar to Lois. Uh, and then suddenly Superman figures it out. Bizarro, the prankster, the toy man, Metallo, Brainiac, the kryptonite man, the legion of supervillains. There's only one name missing, isn't there? Yeah. Mixyazpitlik. Come on out and show yourself. Mr. Mixyazpitlik, the imp from the fifth dimension, appears in a cloud of purple smoke dressed a little differently than when last we may have seen him mm -hmm. much darker shades of purple and orange and black smeared under his eyes so you finally guessed superman greetings from the fifth dimension he said you were guiding all this from behind the scenes all this killing and destruction why because superman i'm an immortal like everyone in the fifth dimension and the big problem with being immortal is filling your time for example I spent the first 2,000 years of my existence doing absolutely nothing. I didn't move. I didn't even breathe. Eventually, that became tiresome, so I spent the next 2,000 years being saintly and benign, doing only good deeds. When that novelty began to fade, I decided to try being mischievous. Now, 2,000 years later, I'm bored again. I need a change. Starting with your death, I shall spend the next two millennia being evil. After that, who knows, perhaps I'll try being guilty for a while. And then he reveals his true form. Do you honestly believe a fifth dimensional sorcerer would resemble a funny little man in a derby hat? Would you like to see how I really look? Well, he looks like uh, one of them aliens from the alien movies, kind of. Kind of. Uh, Lois can't even describe it. It mm. has height, length, breadth, and a couple of other things. Of course, <laughs> he's fifth dimensional. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it follows them into the fortress. And Mixias Pitlick is taunting them. You meet your greatest foe today, you shall be no more. The whole 30th century knows it. And Lois realizes that he should not have mentioned the 30th century because just then she looks at the statue. And Superman tells her to run. He He's hopeless against magic. He can't fight magic. So she needs to beat it out of there and he'll hold him off. Uh, Lois says, look at the statue. Take a look at what you are holding in the statue. Do you know what it is, Rob? Well, you do because you finished the story. I do. It's yeah. the Phantom Zone projector. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I have to say that I actually sussed that out before I turned the page. How? Because I just knew. I just knew it had to be something that had to do with dimensions and stuff like that. I was like, oh, it's a, it's the Phantom Zone thing. I didn't you know it was a projector. What's the opposite of breaking my heart? Warming my heart I, with all your knowledge you're digging uh, up In today. spite of the vitriol that comes out of my mouth about comic books, I actually <laughs> do enjoy this and I pay attention. I wouldn't describe it as vitriol. Okay. Anyway, in we go to the chamber which houses the uh, Phantom Zone projector. We see the Phantom Zone villains there peering through their dimension Mm -hmm. screen. Stuck in time. Uh, And then suddenly, Mixias Pitlick is there. Uh, Superman turns the Phantom Zone projector on and says... I am going to send you to the Phantom Zone. And Mixias Pitlick realizes he needs to escape. So he says his own name backwards, which is the way he returns to the fifth dimension. At the same instant that Superman turns the Phantom Zone projector on. And Mixias Pitlick is ripped Ripped in in half. half. Excellent. It killed him. An excellent outcome. Yeah, it killed him. So Superman says, yes, he's torn in half between dimensions. He panicked when he saw the ray and made a fatal error, just as I knew he would. Mm -hmm. I killed him, Lois. I intended to kill him. I couldn't risk letting anything that powerful and malignant survive, so I made up my mind, and I did it. I broke my oath. I killed him. Lois says, you had to. You haven't done anything wrong. He says, yes, I have. Nobody has the right to kill. Not Mixias Pitlick, not you. Not Superman, especially not Superman. Um, I appreciate his uh, dedication to his oath not to kill, mm-hmm. but I certainly think this was justified. And honestly, I know it's controversial in the end of Man of Steel movie mm-hmm. when he kills General Zod. Mm-hmm. I think that's also justified. Me too, yeah. But that's okay. And very well acted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman turns and walks away in complete silence. Uh, Lois is calling his name. He does not reply. He opens the door to the gold kryptonite sample storage chamber. As you may know, gold kryptonite has the power to rob all Kryptonians of their superpowers. Forever? Forever. Irretrievably. As he walked into the blinding golden light, he turned and looked back over his shoulder. He smiled at me. I never saw Superman again. With Mixias Pitlick's destruction, the force screen that his magic had been maintaining vanished, and the heroes were free to enter. They found the wreckage, they found Lana and Jimmy's bodies, and Luther's body, and Crypto's, Crypto's. body. Uh, 
Death and destruction were everywhere, almost everywhere, because Perry and Alice were still making sexy time. And they found Lois outside the locked gold kryptonite chamber. Captain Marvel ripped the vault open and it was empty. He was gone. They discovered a hidden passageway inside leading out of the fortress. And it was finally concluded that he had walked out powerless into the sub-zero wastes to freeze. No, surely he walked to that diner. In the Arctic, like in <laughs> Superman 2. And got his butt got, Yeah. 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 They never found his body. Wow, that wraps up her story. Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, it's getting pretty late. I, th- I think the interview's almost through. Tell me, Mrs. Elliot, what do you think of the rumors that Superman is still alive somewhere? Well, I'm sure a lot of people would like to believe that. But as far as I'm concerned, Superman died in the Arctic. I was there. Of course. I, I'm, I'm sorry the last question was tactless. Uh, just, you just hear a lot of talk. Yeah. I guess it's the same as Jim Morrison or Bruce Lee, all those old rumors. So the baby's awake. Here comes Jordan Elliott with mm-hmm. the baby, Jonathan. And uh, Tim takes off. And uh, that's a nice futuristic car that Tim's got there. <laughs> it's like a, I don't know, a prelude or something. You know? 1997 Dodge mm-hmm. Dartabout. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Elliot family settles in for the evening. Lois says, I guess they won't be bothering us for another 10 years now. Let's hope so. They set the, the baby down to play with the coal bin. <laughs> coal. So we're not completely, uh, in the future yet. If we're still no. using coal to heat, heat our your homes. homes. Uh, Jordan starts talking about old Dan Hodge, uh, bringing in some snapshots of his grandchildren, and we're working on this old 48 Buick trying to get her working. She said, you really just love it. You really do love it, don't you? Just going to work every day, taking out the garbage, changing Jonathan's diapers and all this normal stuff. He, yeah, yeah, I can't beat it, although I could live without the diapers. <laughs> Typical man. Meanwhile, the baby is squeezing some coal into a diamond. That's normal. <laughs> yeah. She says, you know, you were pretty hard on Superman earlier. Superman? He was overrated and too wrapped up in himself. He thought the world couldn't get along without him. What's for dinner? <laughs> Make it yourself, Jordan. Mm. Pizza after Pizza. that. If Jonathan's quiet, I thought maybe bed with a bottle of wine. And after that, I figure we'll just live happily ever after. Sound good to you? <clears throat> Lois, my love. What do you think? Wink. Wink. It's... It's Clark Kent. Sure it is. Yeah. Um, can I just back up for one minute? Mm-hmm. I love wine. Mm-hmm. It would never occur to me to take to my bed with a bottle of wine. <laughs> that seems dang. Unless you're like testing the mattress to see if it's bounce proof or something. I c- can't ever think of a time, even on a rainy day or a snow day when you've got movies and you can watch movies in bed you know yeah ever bringing an alcoholic beverage to bed no no you know i mean and again let me emphasize i love alcoholic beverage uh, yes i mean i brought hot chocolate to bed sure I, but usually it's a leisure beverage yeah or, or i have had i brought a soda ah sure you know yeah. to, and popcorn mm-hmm. to watch a movie in bed right but never a bottle of wine no. What if you spill it? Right, exactly. Right? Because why are they going to bed with wine? They're going to have sexy time and start bouncing around. Right. To make more babies. <laughs> now, the question is... Yes. If... And this is the end of that, that age of Superman. Yes. Okay, this is the end of Superman. Yeah. If he didn't have his powers... Yeah. 
How did he make a baby that can convert coal to diamonds? Well, he is still Kryptonian. Mm -hmm. He still contains Kryptonian DNA. I'm mm -hmm. assuming gold kryptonite doesn't rewrite rewrite your DNA. Okay. All right. Um, plus, it's an imaginary story, aren't they it's all? True. Yeah. It's yeah. a very nice touch that it ends with that wink, because he's winking to us, the reader. Yeah. Oh, um, what a lovely story! Another, what a lovely story. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I so enjoyed it. So you did find some emotional resonance. Are you kidding? I'm How not. about the, uh, the Supergirl? Uh, Supergirl. Uh, and, and, and Crypto. Mm -hmm. And just all this death and destruction and Superman talking about how uh, how he Lana loved him when he was young and, and that Lois loved him when he was older and he could never hurt both their heart. Oh, my God. Just, and just yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Um. The nice touch here, the baby's name is Jonathan, of course, named after Jonathan, Jonathan Kent. Kent. I got that. And yeah. uh, Jordan Elliott, Jor-El. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah. I was wondering about that because mm -hmm. I knew it was an alliterative. And I thought, well, what's that coming from? Jor-El, yeah. Um, so you asked me earlier, how can they go on with Superman after this? Yeah, how did they? Well, they didn't. Because immediately after these two issues, John Byrne came in and revamped Superman with a new continuity following the crisis on infinite Earths. okay okay um so it's, which is a little confusing because you of course know that captain marvel and superman lived on different earths prior to the crisis okay following the crisis uh everything was condensed to one earth okay so they're all on the same earth but honestly they hadn't really planned what to do after the crisis they very really well hadn't? i mean it doesn't seem like it because it was sort of haphazard okay like uh you know, Hawkman's there. Well, immediately after the crisis, not immediately after the crisis, there was some confusion. And then suddenly Hawkman had not existed yet. He oh was God. just came now in the present. Oh, what happened to the readers back then? Were they just all up in arms? Uh, well, uh, I was. Okay. Um, John Byrne changed Superman so that he had never been Superboy, which, of course, messed up the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, yeah. And that there had never been a Supergirl, which, of course, made her death meaningless whatnot oh my gosh it's all straightened out now as far as i know but, uh, <laughs> yeah so this was the last issue of superman comics uh -huh. for a while mm -hmm. they restarted the numbering with number one and this was the last issue of action comics in the previous continuity it then became a team-up comic between superman and other heroes and then it became a weekly anthology series for a while and well, it was just a mess. Okay. It was ghastly. How many years did it take to settle it all out? Uh, they're still working on it. You're so, 40. Kidding. No. So, you don't. Uh, uh, is it. What, what would someone say that, with any knowledge, that the whole idea of creating the Crisis on Infinite Earths to sort of bring everything together and restart actually wasn't successful? I mean, I'm sure there's different opinions. As someone who was reading comics at the time and someone who had been reading comics since. You're my Since, childhood yeah. i really had no confusion about the concept of alternate earths okay and as you see now the whole marvel cinematic universe is based on the multiverse of different versions of characters running right. around so right obviously but that's marvel that's marvel and mm -hmm. of course we're talking about dc but mm -hmm. yeah i had more trouble trying to understand why superboy was in the future with the legion of superheroes than i did ever understanding what Earth 1 and Earth 2 and different Earths were. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's just one man's opinion. Okay. Other thoughts before we 
depart and head towards our next 200 episodes. Haven't I said enough? No, never. <laughs> I always allow you room to speak. Go. I'm, I'm done. Done. Thank okay. you. Okay, yep. Uh, you can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts from. I forgot to talk about something that I wanted to talk about. Alan Moore, the writer of this story, mm-hmm. was uh, not happy with the way that John Byrne directed Superman after this point. Okay. So guess what he did? He just started writing his own stories about a character called Supreme, which uh, brought in a lot of this Silver Age uh, sensibility. And in fact, someone on Twitter had recommended that you read those stories, which maybe I'll give those to you uh, at some point in the future when you're up for it. When I'm feeling vulnerable. Let's see. You can find (laughs) us at social media, Google Chip Cod. You can rate and review us at... Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us right back here next week. We've got some exciting things coming up. More guest stars. The return of dramatizations. Oh, I can't wait. Why? The world's our oyster. Mm. Mm-hmm. So keep go going. Yes. Bye. Bye.